Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It is Friday, June the 14th, 2019. This is episode 64 of Connecting Dots. I cannot believe we are already on episode 64. I made a boo-boo yesterday when I said it was something else, but it's actually episode 64. And this is brought to you by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of Fixed Cost Investing, your true fiduciary-based registered investment advisor where you can't do better. We're going to talk about four things today. We're going to talk about people who are working in the gig economy using part-time work to get ahead. Have some interesting insights there. We're going to talk a little bit about what happened in Iran and the attack on oil tankers and a different perspective on that as to what's really going on. We're going to dive in with that and talk a little bit about what employers are doing to help employees save money. That's right. Basic old-fashioned savings account. Unfortunately, we are still seeing the overwhelming majority of all working people doing it wrong, and I'll talk a little bit about that, give you a little bit of incentive. And then finally, we'll finish up, I think, with a discussion on the Rapid Ramen Cooker. Yes, the Rapid Ramen Cooker, something that we acquired while settling in a state for a hoarder. It's absolutely unbelievable. So with that, what do you say we get started? What is Connecting Dots about? Paul Truesdell, the founder of Fixed Cost Financial says, quote, Connecting Dots involves looking backward at history, focusing on the here and now, and forecasting the future based on facts, figures, and old-fashioned common sense. I call it sniffing dirt. We have to trust the dots we know, discover those we don't, and accept the many we never fully know, understand, or are aware of. Life is full of luck, some good, some bad, some we created, and some never wanted. Enjoyed the ride we call life. To do otherwise is silly. Unquote. Light attendance, please prepare for takeoff. Connecting Dots is sponsored by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. Break the mold and embrace the difference. Okay, let's get ready to take off. And one of the things I want to begin with, I'd like to begin our episode with a a quote. And I'll talk about uh, one came from Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde said, you know, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. And that is something I absolutely unequivocally believe with all my heart. You got to be yourself. And one of the things we talk about all the time here is the importance of making big bets on big ideas. And what that means is, and I say this, I'm going to preach this every episode. You're going to get tired of it, but don't, don't, because we've got to drill for skill. Do what you like, do what you're good at, do what you're profitable at, and do what you can control. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken, according to Oscar Wilde. If you want to participate in our show, here's what you do. Call 888-629-7864. It's 888-629-7864. Especially if you have any question on anything regarding business, investments, insurance, technology, economics, security, anything at all, just call 888-629-7864. That's 888-629-7864. You can email us at C, letter C, or write C, S-E-E, or write the word C as in the ocean, S-E-A, C-C-C, whatever you want to do, at dots.fm. What do you do? C, at dots.fm. If you can't remember that, if you can't remember, C, at dots.fm, C, at dots.fm, I think we should have a discussion about something a little bit more important than money, if you know what I mean. We also have a Blue Intercom button if you're on dots.fm, which I always encourage 
you do because there's always bonus items on Dots.fm that are not on the podcast. And one of the podcast players we like is Overcast. Overcast is phenomenal. That is something that we would love for you to uh, use. And uh, again, the money that uh, they earn goes to a gentleman that we have a great deal of respect for. And uh, that's something that I think you should do. Now, you know, I talk all the time about words should have very specific meanings. And one of the problems that when people ask polls or surveys, they oftentimes fail to do it right. I cannot tell you the number of times that I look at surveys and opinion polls and I simply sit back and go, you got to be kidding me. This is just complete bunk and garbage. Unfortunately, one of those has come out recently, but some of the data is interesting. It uh, is a survey that says nearly half of all people who are working, nearly half of all people who are working have some type of a side job, and they're calling it a gig. Now, you got to understand the word gig, okay, has a very specific meaning in the gig economy that we are all experiencing, whether we like it or not. Then the survey also went through and said that 50% of millennials have a side hustle. Again, why do people use languages, language like this? This is from a person who has a very responsible position, and they're using language like, oh yeah, man, 50% of all millennials got a side hustle. I listened to this interview and I wanted to take a baseball bat, go through my headphones, through the wires, over the pots line, through the copper. For those of you who are a little bit older, you know what I'm talking about when I say copper pots line. Look it up. I might put it in the show notes. In fact, I'll actually do that. And I wanted to find this person, grab him by the throat, drag him all the way back into my broadcast studio and say, dude, it's called a part-time job. And you just, you know, this this whole, I got to be cool. I got to be hip. I got to be, no, man, people work full-time. People work part-time. If you're lucky enough to have a full-time job and you got benefits, God bless you. But you know what? Your employer might not be able to pay you everything your employer wants to pay you because, you know, it's tough out there. You ought to be thankful you got a full-time job. And on top of that, if you can work part-time, make the extra coin. Now, look, it's been many, many decades that I was an employee. I've been an employer. I went straight from self from being an employee, skipped a stage of being self-employed, and went straight to employer status. I've been employing people now, God, let's think about this, for, uh, well, over, over three decades. And I was actually thinking about it because going back in time when I was a little tiny runt, I had a, you know, different paper routes and different things I was doing. I was always employing other kids in the neighborhood in order to make extra money. I just simply leveraged it and made a cut of the action. So I guess I could actually say I've been an employer in one way, shape, form, or another for 40 years. It's a long time. Anyways, here's the thing. A lot of people have part-time jobs or a side job or a side hustle, as they said, to help pay off debt. Okay, guess what? Remember what we said about financial independence? You know, the old thing is financial independence is that time in your life when you work because you want to work, not because you have to work. Every idiotic financial planner in the world spews, just spews that out. I think, they did. I think they're come programmed with it. You know, years ago, I thought they had a cassette recorder in them. Now it's just a little microchip. Financial independence is that time in your life when you work because you want to work, not because you have to work. Now I want you to buy my life insurance and buy my disability insurance and then buy my big assets under management plan and also buy my life, uh, my annuities and my non-traded REITs and all the other high commission-based products I've got. I mean, these guys just drive you freaking nuts. But here's the thing. The solution and one of the reasons why I say you do not need a financial planner. Here's Paul's advice. Here it goes. You ready? Make more. Spend less. Adjust your expectations or... 
do a combination of all three, which is probably what you need to do. One of the things we talk about all the time is the importance of minting millionaire mindsets and minting, a you know, you got to, let me just kind of back that up. You need to have a modern minimalist methodology. You got to, you got to practice that modern minimalist methodologies. Once you've got that in combination with minting millionaire mindsets, you're going to do okay. Ain't no doubt about it. You will do okay. But this open definition that they said, you know, are you earning extra money or income on the side? What does that mean? Now, I really question this whole statistic because if I ask an open-ended question, like, are you earning extra money on the side? That is like saying, do you believe in Christmas? And when you come back and say, oh yeah, I believe in Christmas. So that means you believe in God and Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, uh, no, I'm a agnostic. I'm an atheist. I'm a Jew. I'm a Muslim. But well, but you said you believe in Christmas. Well, yeah, Christmas is cool. We give gifts. It's fun. So one of the things we do here as forecasters, and remember, that is what we do. We are forecasters. We look at companies very methodically to determine exactly what's going on. Quantitative analysis is easy. Most people have a hard time with that. Quantitative is not a big deal for us. We use a lot of coll- unknown collaborative intelligence. In other words, we use people. They don't know the other people that we're using because we want to get good information. So we use a lot of collaborative intelligence on an unknown basis for our quantitative analysis. Then we skim the numbers and skin it and look at it real thoroughly. But the big thing is connecting dots. That's why we call this connecting dots. We're forecasting. It's the qualitative analysis and figuring it all out. So when you get these surveys, most people, in my opinion, will just rush out to say, yeah, that's what, no, no. Let's dig into the weeds. It's like reading the prospectus. It's like reading all the reports that are filed with the federal government, okay? You got to kind of know what's going on. Now, since we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of companies, we'll be right back because we always throw this disclaimer in. It's 30 seconds. If you want to fast forward it, go ahead. That's up to you. Connecting dots is for educational use only. Investment performance is not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation or needs. Nothing should be construed as an individual recommendation. Due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed. And I always say the same thing here. You absolutely can bet your sweet bippy like they used to say in laughing back in the 1960s. We're going to have a conflict of interest because of our extensive holdings, mine and all the people that we have that we work uh, have their portfolios. Just It's easier to say, yep, guaranteed there's a conflict of interest. So one of the things they said in the survey is that a lot of millennials are using technology to make money. Well, Shazam, I'll bet you that a lot of people are selling things on, uh, well, Facebook or these different online auctions out there or whatever, right? A lot of people have garage sales periodically. You know, just maybe people are doing a little Uber here, a little Uber there, lift that, lift that, uh, you know. that's. But are these actively really working it? I don't know. That's, again, poor questions. Bottom line is uh, millennials, yep, they're working more on a part-time basis. Uh, and one of the things the authors of this said, well, you know, this could actually turn into a passion. In fact, they actually said in the survey that a lot of people view their part-time work or their gig as more passionate, more fulfilling than work. Well, no kidding. That just doesn't surprise you, does it? Because remember what I said, you do what you like, what you're good, profitable, and can control. If you like something and you're good at it and you're profitable and you can control it, well, of course, you're going to like it more than doing your waitressing work or 
doing your truck driving work or working as a police officer, working some of the scumbags of the world or working as a doctor and wondering why you didn't go on to um, get a um, master's degree in business administration and in uh, financial analytics rather than uh, having to work on these uh, overweight, gross people and you're trying to save their lives and they aren't doing anything to save themselves. Come on, you know that. It's People don't talk like this, but that is what you need to hear. I don't need to swear and cuss and carry on like a banshee, but just let's be blunt about it. So future of work, yeah, everything is changing. It's no different, however, than what we had years ago. You used to go to work and you had job security and you had a defined benefit pension plan. A lot of people never understood that this whole thing about a defined benefit pension plan was one big scam, if you really think about it. I could go on for hours and one day I will do exactly that. I will tell you how every single one of you who has a defined benefit pension plan is being scammed. Don't realize it. It's not politically correct. And every single advisor, agent, banker, broker, financial planner, and academic, and everybody in government will say, he's wrong. No, I'm not. I'm right. I will literally give you the history of what pensions are going back to the days of the ancient Romans, how that all developed. I'll take it into the Middle Ages. I'll go through a thing. Eh, you'll love it. Just remember to check, check back later on on that. Here's something I thought was interesting, though. It said the average person in the country is making $1,100 per month on their extra work. Now, what do you think about that? Anything come to, anything come home to roost on that one? What I did is very quickly, I said, well, what if you're making 25 bucks an hour? Now, in part-time, making $25 an hour, depending upon where you live, that's a pretty good chunk of change, right? $25 an hour, 2,000 hours a year. Okay, that's a $50,000 a year job. If you're working part-time, that's a pretty good chunk of change. Generally speaking, your part-time work is going to be a little bit less than you make on a full-time basis or maybe in and abouts, but that's kind of a lot of money. That's a, that's a good healthy sum above what the average wage is in the nation for the average American. So if you make 25 bucks an hour, you're working 44 hours a year, a month rather, to make that. So what does that mean? It means people who are working part-time are probably generally working like eight to 10 hours um, a week. Let's think this thing through. So what if you work one evening for four hours and maybe a weekend, one day for eight hours or so? You see where that works out? And some people are probably working more, but I don't know, man. I think it's, um, I really would like to get into the nuts and bolts of that study. It's proprietary whenever we're going to get to it, but uh, eh, should be interesting. Well, oil tankers are in the news. We had an attack in the Persian Gulf in the Strait of Hormuz. One of the things I did many, many years ago while I was at the University of Wisconsin studying back in the 1970s, Gerald Ford was president of the United States, and I wrote a paper. I wrote a paper, and it was kind of like my version of the Pelican paper, Pelican Brief. Remember that movie, Pelican Brief? And I wrote this thing, and I gave it to a professor by the name of John Bibby. He was the head of uh, the political science department, and um, he liked it. He liked it a lot. And you have to understand, back during the Cold War, when the Russians did something, we did something. When we did something, they did something. It was a real tit for tat. We had this thing called the domino theory. We had to be defending everybody in the world and going to war and fighting. And oh boy, history is an interesting thing when you when you come to take some time to look at it. So anyways, in uh, Ethiopia and Somalia, I was a, a subject matter expert at one time on that stuff. I'm sure am not now. But I knew everything about Haile Selassie, who was the last what they call emperor of, um, of um, Ethiopia. And one of the things that 
that was going on is um, Haile Selassie got overthrown and his gov- his military, you know, another junta. That's another word we don't use very often. We don't use juntas often. We call it you know, overthrow or freedom fighters, but junta, that's a, that's a word to put in your in your vocabulary. So we had a junta in uh, in Ethiopia. And the problem was the military that got control, they were very aligned with the Russians. They were very pro-Russian. And Somalia, which has always been a disaster as soon as it's, uh, the uh, European nations got out of that area, self-governance never worked over there, never will. And what happened is they were also aligned with the Russians. I basically wrote this pretty healthy paper, the essence uh, thesis. And I said, we ought to get the hell out of there and let the Russians work both sides because eventually they'll blame the Russians and it'll all fall apart and we'll be able to walk in and pick up the pieces. It's kind of like a good police officer when you get a good bar fight and everybody's beating the hell out of each other. Years ago in Tampa at the Tanga Lounge out on the causeway, you used to have bikers that would get there and boy, they would have a hell of a Donnybrook. Well, you don't go rushing in to solve a fight with a bunch of bikers. As long as they're not shooting and stabbing themselves, let them beat the hell out of each other. Good likelihood that all of them are, you know, not any good for... I mean, we're not talking about these these grandpa bikers and these wannabe bikers and these, you know, sad dad bikers. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about real... Eyes to God, Hell's Angels, Outlaws, Diablos, we're talking about, you know, the real deal. Why am I going to go out and get my ass beat over whatever they're in, whatever they're doing? That's, that's their beef. We'll just pick it up. It's all said and done. Now, sometimes you don't have to rush in. It's like the old joke that, you know, the old cow and the young, or the old bull and the uh, young bull on top of the mountain, and they see all the young cows down below, and the young one wants to run down and, you know, do his business. And the old guy says, let's walk down and have our way with all of them. So what you got going on in Ethiopia is the very same thing. We just sit back and let it, everybody beat the hell out of each other. Well, one of the things that we're pretty good here is not rushing to judgment. So I got to tell you, I know the United States is pointing fingers at Iran, but intentions are high. You know, you got this regional threat, threat, but it's interesting that we are absolutely flat running full on capacity for our refineries. Okay. Got a lot of places where, you know, the electoral college is going to be swayed by this uh, fracking issue. And we got a lot of people who have lost their jobs in some key areas because, well, you know, shale and fracking is kind of down because we are just flooded with Earl. Good old-fashioned grade A Earl, whether it's West Texas. You heard what I said, Earl. I know it's oil. I like having fun. Are you awake? You paying attention? I hope you are. So we got all this oil coming into our refineries, and we got a lot of reserves. Remember the salt domes? We have the oil reserves here. So the bottom line is, yeah, I don't know, man. That's interesting. Did who put the who put who up to attack a tanker? And you know this is going to make national news. You know it's going to make world news. It's going to make regional news. And there's a lot of chicken littles. There are also a lot of people who are so stupid that it, you can say, "Oh, look, look up in the air. Is it a plane? Is a it's Superman?" And people are going to. I swear to God, if you did that today, everybody knows there's no such thing as a flying man but if you look up and go oh, up in the sky people are going to po- look so you start to get a pied piper herd mentality and who's to benefit that's the thing that we always do who's to benefit in this thing is there some mm, unscrupulous behavior going on in somebody's part now you may say man that sounds like a conspiracy buff really really if you aren't a conspiracy buff on everything and you buy everything hook line and sinker well then you are one of those people who is has done have a pot to pee 
medicine. You don't even have the water to drink to make the pee. You are broke all the time. You can't save money. And that's a bad situation. So that's why you got to be a little skeptical every once in a while. So then we started looking at yeah, what's going on in the world of nuclear energy. Now, you know, and I know if you followed the last presidential campaign, Trump said, oh boy, we're going to start building nuclear reactors just like we were going to build the wall. Ha ha ha. You know, talk is cheap. Words, yeah. Sh- actions speak louder than words. I don't care what it is. And we don't give a damn what people say. I want to see what did you actually do. Now, I think that's the kind of an investment advisor you want. You don't want somebody to pat you on the head, give you a hug, put a sucker in your mouth, tell you everything's going to be fine. Sometimes I'm going to say to my clients, you know what? You might want to you know, bone up on some cash here because things don't look so good. And 99% of the time, hey, do you need the money right now? Then don't worry about it. Let it ride. Don't try to time the market. You're always going to get yourself in trouble. But let's talk a little bit about nuclear. China has 45 plants right now and 15 are under construction. Did you hear what I said? 45 plants and 16 are under construction. That means they're going to have a grand total of 60 plants all together pretty quick. United States, we have 60 plants. Okay, they're going to catch up to us very quickly. Now, they got a lot more people than us, but we used to be the leader in a lot of things. Now, we got 98 reactors in those 60 plants. And you know what? Instead of having 15 under construction, we got a whopping two. That's it. A whopping two. Oh. Not a whole lot, is it, Roscoe? So in Russia, Russia, Russia is nowhere near as big as us. Okay, just remember that. They are not as big as us. Yeah, but they're getting on their high horse. They've got 35 plants, and they are selling plants all over the green earth. My God, they got six in India they've built. They're building them in China, in Iran. They actually have 19 planned plants getting ready to go up across the world. Now, we used to do that, but can't do it. Yeah, can't do it because the green movement has said nuclear power is bad. And that's an important concept. Now, the issue that we have here at Fixed Cost Financial is never emotional. It's first based upon facts and figures. So when we look at the total cost, we look at the total cost. And that's not, a lot of people don't do that. They kind of fudge numbers and, oh, look, here's a good example. Here's a good, here's a real good example. You got a car and you've got a, you got a car and you're getting 40, 45 miles to gallon of gas, right? You drive it every day back and forth to work. But I have a Suburban, okay? Let's say I have a Suburban and I'm getting 60 miles to gallon of gas gas. Now, is it possible for a Suburban, for example, to get 60 miles to the gallon? And you say, no, not possible at all. Maybe 15. I'll buy. Okay, that's a, I'll buy that. But this guy's got a little economy car and he's getting 45. Who's getting better gas mileage? Well, the first reaction is always the same thing. Guy with economy car is getting better gas mileage. No, not necessarily. In fact, I am not getting in my Suburban that I have, I'm not getting 60 miles a gallon. I'm actually getting 75 miles. Oh, wait a minute now, Polly. <laughs> I I'm not going to buy that at all. That's how you do the math, son. Here's how you do the math. You see, you got a driver in a car getting 45 miles a gallon. So are we, what are we doing? If we're evaluating the miles on the car, then yeah, I'm getting 15, he's getting 45. But what if we evaluate the miles for the number of passengers? Well, we do that for buses and planes and trains. And why don't we do it for cars? So if I got a Suburban and I've got a family of five, 15 times five is 75. So I'm getting 75 miles to the gallon. 
a way of thinking about it. Nobody ever does that. So when you see people, and this happened years ago, when I did have a Suburban, don't have one now, but the first time in, gosh, 30 years, haven't had a Suburban. But the bottom line is I had people say, oh, you're just a gas hog. You, Oh, this, that. Really? You know how many people I tow around? This thing is like a bus. I've had as many as 10 kids in this thing. We have, we've been packed jammed. So, hey, guess what? I'm getting 150 miles a gallon between, well, I'm getting 115 with me and the kids in the back. There's no appreciation for that. So here's the thing. Numbers, numbers, numbers are real important. Let's take a look at some numbers. 27% of Republicans, they want uh, green energy. Democrats, 92. But it's what kind of green energy? The 92% of Democrats, it's wind and solar. No matter what, it's got to be wind and solar. Republicans, 27. Now, there's a big difference between men and women, Republican and Democrat, urban and rural. This is a crazy polarizing topic. Here's the thing. You got a big group in the middle that when you ask very specific questions, you start getting some different responses. Now, there's a study out that says 22% of Republicans and 24% of all men think that nuclear energy is a green solution, that it should be done. But unfortunately, a quarter percent of the population in this area ain't going to cut it. This is an issue that's dead in the water in the United States. So when it comes to, again, energy, and you, oh, just happen to have a tanker that's been blown up or at least attacked... I think it might make a lot of sense to sit back and scratch your head and go, hmm, exactly who did this, under what circumstances, how did this take place, and where were all the security precautions in this particular situation? And by chance, did somebody just happen to have a really good camera to be able to take pictures of all this? And how widespread was the news coverage on this? And was that news coverage all among us, a same related group of people? Then you, what you got to do is you got to watch language of the reporters. Are they all mimicking the same thing? So when I tell you that forecasting means you got to pull back the onion and really dig into it, there's a reason for that. And that's the reason. Well, the Wall Street Journal had an article, and we were talking about it at length, about how there are more and more employers who are not just matching contributions to 401ks, but matching contributions into basic, old-fashioned savings accounts. So the idea here is simply this, and we've talked about this a lot. And if I'm talking to somebody here where it's, you know, I'm preaching to the choir, or don't get upset if it's you, you got to have an emergency fund. You've got to have some money set aside in case it hits the fan. Most people don't. Most people don't have a, a pot to piddle in. Like I said, they just don't have a savings. And it really crosses all generations. It crosses all incomes, all net worths, which is really surprising. I mean, some people can save money, but they don't have, they can't have, they don't have any cash. If you have to dip into your investments, your 401k, which is the worst thing in the world. They've, they've opened up these 401ks to be able to dip into to buy a house, do this, do that. That's just terrible. You have to segregate your money. You have to put money away for a rainy day. You got to, and also it's not just a rainy day. God, I hate that as well. It's really an opportunity fund. Sometimes, well, I had a bad thing happen to me, so I'm going to use that. So my opportunity, my money invested, I don't have to take money out of. But you got to get your finances in order. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. A lot of you who are retired listening to this, you got you got children, okay, that are just a disaster. You're going to give them a big inheritance. They'll be broke within five years. It's just all there is to it. One of the reasons we talk all the time here about the importance of having trust accounts and, again, doing it proper estate planning is that reality is, uh, most people just blow the money. So anyways, here's the way it works. It's a mindset. And the leakage in 401ks will mean a lot of people will never be able to, quote, have a decent retirement. But we also know this. Here's an important point. 
When you have financial stress, you make mistakes. When you have financial stress, your personality changes. I know of somebody right now, they're under financial stress. I've been talking to them a little bit. They're just a completely different person. I mean, completely different. No fun to be around. You know, it's just done. You're just completely done with it. Whose fault is that? Theirs. They got to get their stuff together. And it's always the same thing. It's all the little nickel and dime expenses. Well, I can't do this. Well, I, they always got an excuse when they should be saving money. A couple of things I thought was really interesting. Study in 2018 showed that truck drivers, long haul truck drivers, those who are under financial stress, guess what? Had a lot higher traffic accidents and fatals than those that didn't. It's the same thing in law enforcement, same thing in, in the firefighting, same thing in every profession. Give me a software programmer who is under financial stress. That guy's going to write some really crappy code. No ifs, ands, or doubts, buts about it. Now, if you have, if you're an employer, okay? if you're an employer, you got more than just a couple employees, what can you do to help your people more than anything else? Start a good old-fashioned discussion group. Don't make people go to it, but have a discussion group. Actually talk about finances. Don't go and bring some financial planner in who is going to try to sell them a commission-based product. Get somebody that actually can talk their language about money. You want a real fiduciary. I used to do that years ago. I used to work with several companies, different firms. I just went out and did it, got paid a, paid a sum of money and done. Very similar, that was actually the training for what we call SWAT, Sudden Wealth Awareness Training. That's what available for that. Now that you want, you want slow wealth awareness training. You want to do it over time. You want to build it up. And I got news for you. It's tough. You get a big chunk of change in your pocket and you are going to wind up probably spending it. I'm going to wrap this up and we're going to get the dog out of here. Here's something I'm going to tell you though. We are for our bonus feature. If you want our bonus feature, what do you do? You go to dots.fm, dots, D-O-T-S dot F-M. I'm going to do a little bonus feature there and it's all going to be about a ramen, rapid ramen cooker. I'm serious. You got to look at this. We're going to do a little video, I think, and put it up. We're going to talk about the rapid ramen cooker. And this is a product that we acquired as a result of the death of a lady who is a hoarder and literally spent every dime she uh, has. She died and and uh, she's broke. And um, the Truesdale Law Firm is settling that at a state. Can't get into any details, but it is just, it's gone. Here's the issue. Elderly fraud. Oh boy, you t- people talk about this all the time. And there's a lot of laws, rules, and regulations. It's always the same thing. It's these Ponzi schemers who promise unrealistic rates of return and people just buy it because of affinity fraud. Oh, Bob's with the church. He was a deacon and he... Well, he still is a deacon. Oh, the good Lord wouldn't have caused Bob to go down that bad trail. Oh, there has to be something about that, Bob. Well, I have to forgive Bob. If he just would pay me back my $6.4 million, I would never prosecute Bob. There's a lot of Bobs out there, unfortunately, but the reality is family, friends, neighbors, relatives, and coworkers are a lot more common than, oh, trusting Bob. Yeah, the SEC, the NASD, the Department of Justice, your state and local uh, criminal prosecutors, should always take Bob to the woodshed and beat the holy hell out of him. I got no problem doing that. Bob should have the holy hell beaten out of him because he's got the devil in him. Oh, that's what he does.
But bottom line is there is so much fraud when it comes to charities and got these TV shopping networks out there, not pointing fingers at any one of them, but man, these charitable foundations and charitable this and charitable that. I see this all the time. If you want to stop the fraud, okay, you want to stop the fraud out there. What you want to do is you really want to make sure that mom and dad, Grammy and Grampy, okay, that they are not being taken advantage of and giving all their money to these horsemen manure, backwoods, full of horse pucky, charitable organizations. Oh, stop talking. We're done. As we get out of here, remember to give us a call at 888-629-7864. That's 888-629-7864. Go to c at dots.fm. C at dots.fm. Letter C. The letter C. Word C or word C. And use that blue intercom button if you would. Tell your family, friends, neighbors, relatives, and coworkers about dots.fm, our little podcast here called Connecting Dots. We sure do appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great day. You're the place to be, the place to be.